Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Today's episode of We Do Recover is going to be a special one. I have a heartwarming story of a community service project that actually happened in my own backyard, St. George, Utah. And to help tell that story, I've I've invited on some pretty amazing individuals. So let me just go ahead and introduce them. Gigi Reed, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm feeling great. Good, good. Thank you for coming on. Amy Gonzalez, how are you doing today? Doing so good. So excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Excited or nervous, Amy? Excited. Uh, There you go. I love it. I love it. And then Jesse Traney, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here as well. Fantastic. So first and foremost, I just want to thank you guys for being willing to come on and and help me kind of share this, this amazing story. It really is to me. Like, I think it's fantastic when a community of people in recovery can come together and, and do a community service project to help each other out, right? Reach back, help the next person out. So we're going to dive into that. But first episode 68, part one is brought to you by steps recovery centers where they're ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out. So reach out to them by giving them a call at 801-800-8142. That phone number again is 801-800-8142. We love those guys. Steps Recovery is amazing. Yeah, they're awesome. I also just want to take a second and, and thank our listeners because honestly, we've been doing this for a couple of years now and the growth has been amazing. It wouldn't be possible if we didn't have some pretty cool people that, that listen to this thing and listen, help us continue to, to spread our message of, of hope and the fact that recovery is possible, right? Whether you're talking to a coworker at work about the podcast, whether you share it on your social media platform, whether you go to one of our social, what do you, whether you go to one of our podcast platforms and give us a five-star review, it all helps. It all helps a ton. So thank you so much for those of you that have done that. If you haven't, please help us uh, continue to spread our message of hope that recovery is possible. So let's get to it. We always start off with, I like to practice, you know, some positive psychology because I don't know about you guys, but like, it's real easy for me to, to get in that like negative Nancy mindset. So to stay grateful and to stay like in a positive mood, we always start off with new and goods. So Gigi Reed, you ready to start us off? Sure. What is new and good in Gigi's world? New. Um, I am, well, I did just get a new haircut, so there's that. And it's rad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. New and good. Good uh, right now, I just raised over $1,000 for a project that I'm going out with uh, a foundation called Shine a Light. Um, I didn't raise it. Actually, all of my friends and family did. And so that's that's really good. Um, we, can I tell you a little, like yeah, two seconds please, about it? Please, please. Uh, we go into the homeless uh, encampments uh, in the tunnels under Vegas, and uh, we bring them supplies. But not just do we bring them supplies. That's just the icebreaker. We go and offer them treatment, medical uh, attention. Uh, we'll take them into detox and all those amazing things. And we go down there and we establish relationships with them. And um, and anyway, so my friends and family raised over $600 and I'm just beyond, uh, not 600, over $1,000 and I'm beyond thrilled. And so that's really good in my life right now. I service like makes my heart beat. Isn't Gigi like such a good organizer and planner and like spearheader on stuff like that? What's the name of the organization again? It's called Shine a Light. It's Shine in Vegas. A Light. Man, that is, for those of you guys listening, check that out and support that. That is, that's where a lot of the yeah. work is done. Yeah. Thank you, Gigi. Yeah. That, Man, how do you top that, right? I, I don't know, but I but you're can't. up next, Amy. Amy Gonzalez, what's new and good in your world? Um, I found a new flavor of ice cream, my favorite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, I love ice cream. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about yeah. it. What's the new flavor? Um, banana cream pie. Okay. No, no, no. Coconut cream pie. Is it a Ben and Jerry's or who makes this? Handles. Hand. Oh. It's the... It's amazing. I have a funny little story about handles. So I walked in there for the first time ever, right? And you guys have seen the elf where he goes into the coffee shop and he's like, congratulations, you did it. World's best cup of coffee. Oh yeah. So I'm in there with like my wife and some friends, right? And I'm just a big goofball. Like, dude, I'm a 35 year old, 19 year old, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I walk in there and they have a sign on the wall and it says world's number one ice cream. And so of course I pull a 
you know, the elf. And I'm like, congratulations, you guys did it. Number one in the world. And the manager's like, yeah, actually, we were voted number one in National Geographic's magazine. And I was like, Whoa. okay, well, all, all jokes aside, congratulations. Right? I believe it. It's pretty good. Yeah, That's handles really is amazing. Cool, cool, cool. Jesse Trainey, what's new and good in your world, man? Uh, new and good. I uh, just had a baby girl. Um, what? Yeah, so December twenty sixth. So really new, uh, really great, really beautiful. Yeah. I say what like I didn't know, but I've hearted like five of your posts. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's adorable, dude. Adorable. She's yeah, I've, we, I've been. Uh, it's crazy. It's just been a really awesome experience and I'm just obsessed. But <laughs> that's yeah. cool, man. That is way cool. The gift of recovery, right? Being oh, yeah. able to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's check in with Sean Denovan, our producer. Sean Denovan, what is new and good in your world, buddy? Uh, I'm not as sick. I feel better. How's that? Oh, hey, that's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that falls in the game. It's fine. We'll take it's it. better. Oh, let's see. Okay. I, I have uh, my uh, friend from first grade coming to visit me. Oh, that's oh. exciting. Get out of here. Are you I've known serious? this guy for over 40 years. Yeah. Wow. wow. So we, we connected, and then he's like, hey, I'm going to fly out and spend a couple days with you. So you actually get to meet him next week. He'll be here for the podcast. Awesome, awesome, man. That's, cool. That's cool. way cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I look forward to asking him how you were in first grade. Yeah, make some time. He's maybe, got stories. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have him as the guest, Sean. Something about his sister's bra that's going to come up. Oh, yes. That's good stuff, man. Just prepping you for that one. All right, all right. Well, let's get this train back on, uh, back on the rails. So everybody sitting at this table right now, we're all long people in long-term recovery. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just to start off with Gigi, how long is long-term recovery for you? Almost five years in April. Almost five years in April. Yes. April 29th will be five years. Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. Amy. Eight years. Eight years. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm right there behind you, sister. Awesome. Congratulations on eight. Jesse. I'm at three. Nice, man. That's a magical yeah. number. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I got seven. God willing, I'll get eight this summer. So nice. sweet. So we're all people in long-term recovery. This community service project was recovery related. Um, talk to me a little bit, Amy, about Unity House. Unity House. Um, Unity House is the name of our sober living homes that we have for women in St. George. Um, this particular house is a little bit unique because we have children that live there, which most sober living homes don't allow have. children. Yeah. So um, it started off, we just had a room for a mom and a baby. And I work at a treatment center here in town for mothers and children. So what I treatment center is that? Go ahead. Desert Haven. Cool. Way cool. Um, yeah. So we had a pregnant mom that had a baby and needed a place to live. And in the housing market is pretty tough. <laughs> Crazy. They're, they're in the same boat as other women or, you know, that are needing recovery, needing sober living. So we dedicated a room to a mom and a baby. So she lived there. And then we had a little while later, we had another mom that had the opportunity to get her daughter back. Um, so we moved her in and made another room for her and her daughter. Another miracle that happens in recovery, mm -hmm. getting her kid back. Yep. And then a little while later, we had the same thing with another mom that could get her son back. So pretty soon we had three kids. At this wow. time, the baby had grown to a toddler. She's two. Um, so, um, and that's important because that really sets up like the community service project that happened at Unity House, mm -hmm. right? Because you, to understand that there's moms and children living there mm -hmm. really goes to show why this was so, so needed, right? Yep. Yep. Anything else you want to share about yeah, Unity so House? So one day I went over there and the little boy was playing outside in the driveway and I thought, oh my gosh, this is so sad. <laughs> you know, they need a yard to play in. And so I looked at the backyard because no, we never go in the backyard. But it's a pretty big backyard. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. And it's just weeds. And then I went back in the backyard and it was like junk and weeds. And I was like, oh my gosh, what could we do? This looks really expensive. So <laughs> I just posted a picture on Facebook asking if anyone had any ideas on what I could do, uh, you know, that's affordable so that they could have a yard. Amazing. You, you led me right into this moment. If you're okay with it, Sean, do you have some of those before pictures oh that we could gosh. share with our listeners? So if you're if you're seeing the visual version of this on either YouTube or Facebook, right there, right? That's the backyard. That's so, the side so of the house. Let me tell you a little funny thing that I found out. So I guess the neighbor was sneaking over 
to our yard and spraying the weeds. <laughs> yes. And I didn't know that. What a good dude. I know. Yeah, I had no idea he was doing that, oh. but it would have probably been worse if he wasn't doing that. Okay, so so you you're you identified that there's a need. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate you showing those. You identify that there's a need. There needs to be some change made to the yard. How did we get it into Gigi's planning hands? How did how did that come about? I remember a post. Yeah, I, I, Gigi, you, you, okay. So Amy posted the picture. I think her and Jesse chatted a little bit about, Jesse uh, owns a landscaping company and they had chatted a little bit about maybe what could be done. And Jesse volunteered that he would be willing to do the work, but you know, it, it's a lot of work. Well, mm-hmm. not just that, but you have to buy grass there. There was a playground that we were, you know, well that came later, but it, just the basics, uh, sod, gravel, all that stuff. So Jesse came over to my house with his girlfriend and I was cutting her hair and we were just kind of talking about it. And my like service ears just like perked up. And I was like, I was like, we're doing this Jesse. And I think by that night I said, well, let's, let's come up with a plan. Let's make sure it's okay with Amy. If I start fundraising, um, I messaged Amy and by that night, I think I had a post up, uh, me and Jesse had gone back and forth a couple times. Um, of like what the needs would be. And he gave me a good idea. And so I was able to create a post that just kind of showed the pictures. Um, and like, to when you ask for donations, like you have to give people, they have to know where their money's going. And Absolutely. so I tried to give the most information as possible whenever I asked for donations. And um, and so we, we posted kind of what the plan was, showed the pictures, uh, what Unity House is. We told a little bit about that. Who's willing to volunteer? We asked for people if they if they couldn't donate, could they donate their, their time and their service? And so we it just kind of took off from there. Um, you know, I I started with a GoFundMe just because it can get kind of confusing having funds coming into your Venmo and then into your bank and yeah. doing it that yeah, way. It can get, get kind of confusing. Up. And for someone who does fundraisers often, like I know that it can get confusing, so I keep a, a tight watch on it. But I thought for this one, because we're asking for such a large amount of money, let's do a GoFundMe. Well, to be honest, people don't want to do GoFundMes. You know what I mean? It's They don't want to because it's not easy. You have to pull out your debit card. Right. <laughs> right, and you have to it's punch not in as the easy information. It's just Venmo or. So I think we did GoFundMe for like a day or two and I, I it was crickets. And finally I was like, screw it. We're putting my Venmo up. We're doing this. And, and, and that's where I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable doing that type of fundraising and being very transparent. So as we were gathering donations, I would post updates of my Venmo and just show people kind of where their donations were sitting, where they were going. And then, um, I'm not, I don't want to take all the time, but what kind of happened after that? We had a couple big donations. Come she, through. You can talk about that. Well, all of a sudden Jared showed up with his steps crew and just cleaned the whole backyard. Yeah. That happened while we were collecting. I cannot even too. believe yeah. it. I was just so like, I saw the away. post and I'm a counselor, substance abuse counselor at steps. And we had a, a what we called the dudes group, mm-hmm. right? It was a group of like vets and just some good dudes. And one day I walked in and to be honest, I, I saw the post and I had like something, a topic planned, but I was like, how would you guys feel about doing some community service? And all of them were like, and I explained it to them, showed them the posts and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Right. And so the cool thing is, is it odd or is it God? We go over there with just like the shovels I have in my backyard, right? Like in one rake and, uh, and it was a lot of work. And so the guys were then kind of like, oh man, we're going to be here all day. So I called the next counselor who had the next two hour block and said, Hey, check it out. We're doing a community service project. She was fantastic about saying, yeah, keep them right. Like whoo little workload off me. Right. So she was all for it. The neighbor sees us over there with shovels and rakes. Your neighbor, the one that was spraying the weeds. <laughs> what a good he's dude. He's a good guy. And he yeah. literally like pops up over the fence. He's like, hey guys, what you doing? <laughs> we're like, he was so excited. Yeah, we're, we're like, we're, we're trying up. to get this place cleaned up, you know? And, and he's like, well, I got a backhoe. You want me to come over and drag it? And we were like, what? That's yeah. how service oh, yeah. works. You see yeah. one person doing what? something and it's contagious. So this, yeah, absolutely. So this dude comes over <clears throat> and we've probably been there like an hour, maybe an hour and a half at this point. And he knocked it out so fast that we actually, I actually, we, we were like done. And I took him back for the next two hour block and called the, the other therapist counselor and said, Hey, change our mind. It, we, 
So that was just so cool that he just yeah, popped his head up and he's awesome. like, yeah. let me drag the backyard for you guys. And so we just picked up the weeds and made a pile and, and then somebody else volunteered to take it to the dump. Yeah. Super yeah. cool. It's just one person after another. And, and like, as far as the fundraising, like we raised over $4,000, I think it was right. Yeah. I don't even remember. It was remember. like a crazy amount of money that was raised. And that's when everything started falling into place. So you guys had come and done the cleanup. The money was sitting there and it was like, what do we do now? And that was kind of when Jesse stepped in, right? And I passed it off to Amy. Amy. So Jesse, yeah. talk to me about, you really did the majority of like the technical labor on this because if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But like there was a sprinkling system that was involved. Yeah. I know. Uh, so the name of your company is? Trainee Brothers Landscaping. Trainee Brothers Landscaping. And they donated their their time and the labor. Yeah. You guys are freaking saints for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also had a connection to? Um, so Sprinkler World actually ended up donating a lot of the, not a lot of them, all of the sprinkler supplies, wow. which is really cool. So all the piping, mm -hmm. uh -huh. all Everything. the heads. Yep. And all did, the glue did you reach out to them yeah yeah so it's somebody who i work with pretty regularly and uh i just thought we'd give it a try and they said they love to do stuff like that and so we kind of send them a rough estimate and they uh we're all for it so it was really cool yeah that is that's what i also so want to awesome. give a shout out to uh rock and dirt works because yeah. they donated the sod mm -hmm. which was super cool of them 1400 square feet of sod yeah so jesse talk to me man you show up Gigi's done an amazing job of kind of helping organize it yeah was it a Saturday morning? Uh, I believe the first time we were there was Saturday morning. And uh, like, it sounds real cool to say that like we did a lot of the work, but really it wasn't us. Like it was, we did, we went in there and did work um, and stayed active on it. But like people from the recovery community showed up um, from like every different sober house in town, uh, guys that didn't even live there that just knew about the project. Mm -hmm. And uh, just people who I see around the community um in the fellowships in the fellowships yep. yes exactly uh we reached out to him and said hey man like come and help out and uh we got there and we turned a day's work into like two hours i think you showed up you were yep. there you and yeah. your wife was there mm -hmm. donuts and red bull gg came bull. through yep. with the donuts oh, and yeah. red bull mm -hmm. dude yeah yep. that was yeah yeah but that's why i feel like this is such a like heartwarming story is because listen there's a stigma out there right like oh, we yeah. let's just let's just call a duck a duck and so oftentimes i think people think of people in active addiction for good reasons as people that take from the community yeah. and, the, and that association is so strong but oftentimes we don't hear about these heartwarming stories where people in recovery volunteer their time to show up on a Saturday morning oh yeah to to take a shovel and, and dig a hole and lay out some pipe and yeah. like so just to be completely honest I actually reached out to a, a, a mainstream news media down here uh -huh. I won't call them out but I got crickets. I got no response. And I was like, that's sad. Mm -hmm. That's sad because it's in St. George, Utah. That's where this podcast is recorded. We have such a strong recovery community. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that this could have taken months, but it took the majority of it took a weekend yeah, yeah. or two. Yeah. Right. I think, I think all in all, it was about a month, but it was all weekend work. So if we put the days together, it was like four or five days. Yeah. Yeah. And Which, I think fundraising took, I think I closed it after like four days. Like it was quick. The recovery community, um, yes, there's that stigma there, but there it like, I wish people knew how much the recovery community actually does. Like mm -hmm. from serving at Switch Point, like I, I used to see Aaron Navarro, our friend who just passed away, every Friday night, taking a group of people, a lot of newcomers to Switch Point to serve. I see people doing all types of things all the time. And I'm just like, ah, oh, you guys are such amazing people. Like to think of the depths that we were at in our addiction mm. to where these people are today, to see these women who went through Unity House come back with their kids to help shovel and rake. And that was the coolest thing ever, like to just witness, you know, it was just really amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what this podcast is all about. To be honest, like my hope for this is to spread a message that recovery is possible and to kind of change a little bit of that stigma to show, sure, you know, in part of our 12th step and giving back and being of service, like we do some pretty cool stuff. Oh, yeah. There's some pretty rad stuff that we can come together as a community and do. So, yeah. Thank you guys for that. Yeah. So as far as you said it took, I know I had to leave. I, I left the state and so I wasn't able to help finish it, but talk to me about the weekends and kind of how all that 
came together? All right. So, um, I have this funny thing in my head that like I, uh, take on way more than I ever should. Sure. And that's exactly what happened during this time. But it was awesome uh, because every weekend we showed up, which I was thinking at first, I was like, man, I might've got myself into a bad situation. You were yeah. really busy <laughs> yeah. at work at that time yeah. too. So, but every weekend we got there and we got people to come and help out and uh, we chip away a little bit at a time, you know? So we got the sprinkler system put in, uh, then we put in the little border around the grass and the uh, playset area. And then um, pretty much went and laid the sod. And then uh, Amy's husband came um, I think it was late Friday or I believe it was a Friday and we did all the rock in one day. And, uh, I think Western rock, I think they donated a lot of stuff mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah. and yeah, it was, it's crazy. It was just crazy. Uh, the coolest thing about doing service, I think, um, is that like the people that you meet while you're doing it. And granted, I knew the majority of the people, but uh, there was one person in particular who I think about that I didn't really know and I just knew their face. Um, but because we connected on that level and we're there doing service and helping helping out, uh, every time I see that person now, like we just have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation than we would have before. And those are the kind of things that comes out of doing service with people around me is I always build that like little bit more of a relationship with somebody and it's just a it's the coolest thing man um because a lot of times i just i'm a i'm kind of a busy guy i got four kids and sure. i don't really get out of my uh shell too often um so it was a really cool experience to meet somebody new and just see all the helping hands and um yeah yeah it was nice to be able to donate my my skills as well um i wasn't I didn't change my first tire till I was like 19 years old. I didn't have what? any. Yeah, really? I didn't have any man skills, man. None. <laughs> so, uh, I was, still don't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was something I told myself when I got into recovery that uh, I would uh, like if I was going to gain a skill in something, I was going to use it to help other people, you know, and uh, it was really cool to be able to do that. Um, uh, be of service in different type of ways, you know, like that. So. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I love that you shared that because you're, you're right. When you're doing community, when you're doing service work, it allows you to be able to connect with people on a deeper level. Yeah. Oftentimes when we go to these fellowship meetings or we're going to community based recovery events, we don't, we tend to stick to the people we know. Yeah. And sometimes when we're doing service work, we're almost kind of forced in a way to work with people that maybe we don't know. And we're able to strengthen those relationships and, and those connections and those bonds. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. That's cool. So Gigi, talk to me about kind of the groundwork's done. We got this pot of money sitting around. How do we decide how we're spending it? So I didn't decide how we spent it. Um, I gathered it, um, posted about it, you know, our final amount so everybody could see like where their hard earned money was going towards. And I gave it to Amy and I kind of let Amy decide. Um, so maybe she can tell you a little bit about that, but I love that you were totally transparent about it though, right? Because that's always like the worry. Well, I think as a recovering addict, we have that in our heads. Like I know every time I raise money, I'm like, everybody needs to know every penny, where it's going, when it gets transferred to my bank account, what I'm spending it on. You're going to see every step of the process because there is a stigma with us. And it doesn't matter if you have 20 years in recovery, we still have that in our heads that like, someone's going to think I'm going to take their money or someone's going to think that I'm not going to be honest or truthful, which I know my heart, you know what I mean? And I do this all the time, but it doesn't matter how many times I do it. I still have that thought in there and it's a stigma that I put on myself. Sure. Yeah. You know, society puts it on us, but I believe it sometimes. Well, and two, I think the other, the opposite side of that is this, oh man, this thing is flown by the opposite side of, of that is this, as you're transparent and you're showing people where the money is going, they're more likely in the future when you do a, a different project, like sounds like you've already done to be like, oh yeah, that's Gigi. We know, true, right? Like true. We, it's totally in my freaking head. Like <laughs> they, <laughs> they are little, good. People well, donate all the time. It's me. I'm the, you know, they say that once you put the drug down, like you realize that like the problem isn't here. It's not the drugs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We got the stinking thinking. So, but then I pass it over to Amy and Amy kind of did the planning behind all of that. She and we're yeah. going to hear about that in part two <laughs> because time is winding down. Wow. That went fast. Did. So, so, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, um, 
I just want to like say to you guys, this is this is I, part one's flown by. Oh yeah, yeah. twenty five minutes has gone poof. So you guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much. In part two, we're going to get into kind of talk with Amy. How did she decide how to spend the money? We have the pictures, uh, the after pictures that we're going to show and maybe learn a little bit more about kind of what it looks like today, the, the different lives that it's been able to impact. So join us for part two of episode 68. Thank you guys so much. We'll, we'll uh, see you back after this little 30 second uh, commercial break from our sponsor, Steps Recovery Centers. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. Hi everybody, I'm Shalee. I'm one of the clinical directors at STEPS Recovery Center. At STEPS, we really want to focus on the individual and not just the person in addiction. We want to have the ability to help from the time you enter and tell the time you finish, whether you need healing from trauma or family issues and concerns. We got you covered from the start of your journey to the end of your journey. We're just here to help when you're ready for us to help you. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. No Dr. Terry Sellers today. Today it's just Jared Miller and a group of amazing people. We're talking about a community service project that happened down here in St. George, Utah at Unity House, where a group of anonymous people in recovery got together and did some fantastic work to be able to build a beautiful backyard in a backyard that was before uninhabitable. Like the, the, the kids that lived in Unity House just couldn't play in it. So it's been fantastic so far. Thank you guys for, uh, for checking this episode out. So first of all, let's get the, let's get the sponsorship mention out of the way. If you are traveling through Southern Utah and you're looking for a nice place to stay, check out Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. They have amazing amenities. It's always real clean there. Uh, fantastic customer service. They're always really good to us. So if you're wanting to come to sunny St. George, Utah and jump on some four wheelers and go play around out, out in our beautiful landscape or see Zions or any of the, the uh, fantastic features that we have down here in Southern Utah, check out Hilton Garden in St. George, Utah. We also have a sponsorship, which is Recovery Strong. I'm rocking one of their shirts today. For those of you that are watching this, I don't know which way to go, Gigi. Help me out here. Here we go. <laughs> uh, recovery Strong is all about strengthening an addiction and fighting recovery. If you go to recoverystrong.com and you click on the gear tab, they have some pretty cool hoodies. They have hats, uh, different apparel. They even have like some canteens. They have a flag. If you're not sure what to get a loved one, they have gift cards that you can that you can buy. Um, I like it. It's all real clean real clean stuff. I, I'm pretty sure I've had this shirt for over a year and the print on it's still fantastic. So check those guys out at recoverystrong.com. All right. Episode 68 part two. Let's get back to it. So we've raised the money. We've got all the dirt settled, right? Talk to me about how did you decide to use the money uh, to, to basically increase the quality of the backyard? So I went to the Lifetime store and picked out a really awesome playset for them. Um, yeah. Made sure we had a baby swing for the baby toddler, oh. I guess. Um, something that was kind of fun, like that has like a little playhouse and a slide and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, we also had some people donate some other outside toys. I guess it was like a kitchen and some seating area for the kids. Anyway, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty cool back there now. Um, I know we had to get some more parts for the grass, I guess the, the at the border. Um, oh, wow. So you guys, you ended up doing a concrete border to go around to separate the, the dirt from the grass. It was just a, like a plastic one, but yeah, we did something to separate mm -hmm. it. Cool. Yeah. Way cool. Yeah. And then it um, also helps, doesn't it help with like snakes and stuff too? If there's a border. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I know it helps a lot with weeds and stuff. It and sounds really good. Let's just go yeah, with, with it. With snakes and scorpions <laughs> and spiders. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Helps it all. Keep the kids safe. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So is that something that you had kind of planned before or uh -huh. was it just? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Let's go ahead and show the after pictures of this thing. Okay. So oh, boom, look, look at that. That's them swinging on the swings. Was that a mom and a baby? I yeah. Think. Yeah, it was. I put the little emojis in there to keep their anonymity mm -hmm. safe. Nice. So yeah. I also have a local artist coming over to paint the wall. I just barely gave him the dimensions last weekend. He's been asking me forever, so he's going to make it amazing. And and there's actually maybe I should have gone over and got a more recent picture because there's actually some trees and stuff up now. Yeah. And some more of those toys that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shalee yeah. from Steps yep. Recovery she Center. She brought over the trees. She donated the trees. The one mm -hmm. that was just on the on the little Steps mm -hmm. commercial. Yeah. Shalee yeah. Webb. Fantastic. Yep. She yeah. just went out, bought him, and brought him over. That's yeah, so cool. It was super sweet. I I couldn't believe all the people that wanted to help. It was it was beautiful. Yeah, it just blew up. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I mean, between the people who volunteered, the people who donated, the people who donated from like the saw or the the rock and this and that and the sprinkler, like well over a hundred, maybe even one fifty people like yeah. had their hands in this project. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, that was beautiful. I thought it was cool that that um, rock and dirt works. You know, were like they saw it. that stuff can be pretty expensive, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. right? Yeah, and they, yeah, they were just willing to to drop it off and get it laid out. And there's enough. It sounds like. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. Is yeah. there anybody else that we're missing? I want to make sure that we give credit to all the people that that really pitched in and helped out with this project. I don't Did we say Western Rock? Uh, I yeah, think they we donated rock. Um, we're still waiting on the playground sand, but I think that's my husband okay. for a day off to go get it. So that's the last thing we're waiting on. No pressure, Mr. Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. yep. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about uh, with the community service project? I think I just wanted to say thank you to the community. Absolutely. You know, we couldn't have done this without you guys. Thank you to the donors. I mean, you can't get anything done without donors. Like you are the heartbeat to service projects and then everything else follows, you know, cause we can't make something come with, with nothing, you know? So thank you to whoever helped out, yeah. Jared, all of you guys, you all had a part in it. So. Especially a big project like this, mm -hmm. you know, like this wasn't just, you know, passing out water at the marathon no. event, right? Like this was some, this was some serious, yeah. serious community service projects. Oh so. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So Jesse, Let's let's talk a little bit about your business. Okay. Yeah. Trainee Brothers. Yes. Landscaping. Yes. How long and and how did you come about doing that? I know you said that you've been in recovery for 3 years. Yes. So, yeah, you know, promote your promote your company a little bit here. Like, how was it you guys uh came about? Is it something that that was started before you got into recovery? Um, no, actually it's it's pretty cool. Like I was saying, I I really uh I had no I had no skills, man. I, no man skills. No, I <laughs> I served tables and uh, that fed my addiction pretty well and kept me alive and and that's what I thought I would do forever. And then uh, I when I moved down here, um, I had to go to work immediately. That was kind of part of where I was staying for the first week I was down here because I was actually homeless and uh, moved down to St. George. To so where did you move here from? From Salt Lake City. I'm, so you're a transplant like me. Yeah. Well, so I'm originally from here. I moved to Salt Lake uh, to get clean and that, and that didn't work. And then I moved <laughs> back to St. George to get clean and here we are. I'm sorry. I have to laugh because like <laughs> moving to Salt Lake to get no. clean in my mind, that was my muck, right? That was my mm -hmm. stomping grounds. That was, as, as they say, my old place. Playground. Yeah. And so it's just, I just die laughing because I'm like, I couldn't stay clean in Salt Lake if my life depended on it. Oh, yeah. Like, so, so yeah, well, that's, so you're back. Yeah. So I, I came back and, uh, I just got the first job I could get really. And, um, I don't even know if I enjoyed the work, but I became good at it. And then over time, uh, I took pride in my work cause I had never done anything like that. And, um, my kids moved down here uh, as a result of their mom being out of work because of COVID. And when they got down here, I, I was having a hard time making ends meet. And so um, I was like, man, I just got it. So this is a cool thing about being an addict in recovery is that like I'm a risk taker, right? <laughs> sure, so I'm like, sure. whatever, we're going to start this business. And uh, I just went for it, man. Um, have no idea what I'm doing still, but whatever it is, it's working out, you know? So um yeah, I've been in business about 18 months and, uh, it was cool. I, 
uh, I have a felony and I'm, I'm a felon. And um, I was like, man, it's going to hold me back. Nobody's going to license me, yada, yada, yada. And the only person that was holding me back was my own head. You know what I mean? I <laughs> As soon as I put in the footwork to get it done, I mean, I had to jump through a couple additional hurdles. and uh, But I did the footwork and I got licensed. And uh, yeah, I've just been, I've just been building it and um, loving it. Yeah. That's awesome. I have, so check out Trainee Brothers Landscaping for those of you guys that need some, some work around your property done. Right. So I have kind of a funny little story here. So, um, after the service project, I actually called up Jesse and I was like, Hey man, so I grew up up North, you know what I mean? And up North, when it starts to get winter time, you have to flush out your sprinklers. Otherwise they freeze. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so I can attest to, even though Jesse has a felony, he's an honest dude, because here's what happened. <laughs> First of all, I call him over and I'm like, listen, this is kind of leaking right here. It's going to create like a sinkhole. C can you patch that up? And he's like, absolutely. And I'm like, also, could you blow out, you know, my lines so that they don't freeze and break this winter? And he looks at me and he's like, dude, down here in St. George, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean you don't have to do that? And he's like, it doesn't, the ground doesn't freeze. It's like, you don't have to. What an honest dude, right? He totally could have been like, yeah, I'll take care of that. And then when I left, fix the one thing and charge me for both. Right? I mean, that's what, that's what a scam artist probably would have done, but mm -hmm. he was an honest guy and he's like, no, nah, dude, I'll just fix this. And yeah. So I highly recommend Jesse. Mm -hmm. and his yeah. Company. He also did my landscaping and it's phenomenal. He so a good job. Yeah. And he's got all guys in recovery working for him. Oh yeah. So really? he's, yeah, that's he's doing good there too. The coolest awesome. part of the business, man. I never meant for it to be like that. And that's just the way it came about. And, uh, it's been, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to work, which is a blessing, you know? So. And you're helping dudes out. Oh yeah. You're helping dudes out that might have a hard time finding work somewhere. Oh yeah. 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 Somebody, that's the coolest thing too, is like, uh, somebody gave me a chance, you know? And so to be able to offer that chance and, and I'm not going to lie, it hasn't always worked out. Sometimes we've had some not so fortunate experiences, but you move on and, sure. uh, the guys that I have right now are amazing. Um, and they're all in recovery and have similar stories, you know, and it's really fun. Yeah. I love that dude. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. So, so Amy, talk to me about unity house. How have the people that stay there, obviously we want to keep their anonymity, but mm -hmm. the people that stay there, how has it changed their life? What have, what have you kind of seen? Have you heard any feedback? How, how are things going? Are there any openings? Like talk to me about unity house. So, uh, so I got my start at the unity house. Well, it used to be called the Oxford house Okay. and it was that house that with the yard. Um, and when I moved there, I had nowhere to go. I had no family. So you were a resident yeah, of the had, Oxford house, now unity house. Yes. Wow. And it just meant so much to me to have a safe place to live because I wanted to stay clean. I didn't want to go with my friends that were still using, like I really wanted to stay clean. You were ready. Yeah. And so it just meant so much to me to have that home. And then with the women there, a, a new family, you know, people that cared about me, um, so I always just stayed involved with it. And so I managed the homes for years and then my husband and I bought them in 2019 before the world went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you had the opportunity to actually buy it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. And then we changed the name to the unity house and, um, ran into some snags with the city that got pretty expensive with attorneys mm. and whatnot. Um, but we're okay now. And yeah, it's just amazing. Like I just, I love watching these women um, turn their life around and it, because they have a safe place to live. They really, you can't, that you can't piece, recover if you don't have a safe place to live. Yeah. That piece is so important, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, we've had guests come on here and talk about, you know, going through the recovery process, going through the treatment process. And then once they're out, once they complete residential, they're like, well, what now? I, I have to go back to being homeless, even though I have yeah. time clean and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing that people like you have houses like Unity mm -hmm. House, especially for those that have kids, because I'm sure that's extra hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Thank you for providing that yeah. resource to our community. I love it. I just love it so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, Gigi. Yeah. I know you got a lot going on, girl. You are a firecracker. Thank you. Talk to me about what you got going on and, and what's what's life and recovery look like for you? I know you're in school. Yeah, I okay. am in school. 
Um, life in recovery for me just looks like being a mom, you know, running a household. Running, I run a tight ship. <laughs> <laughs> I am, you know, by trade, I'm an administrative assistant. So I am very kind of buckled down to say the least. And Type so, A personality. Yes, yes. And, uh, and so that's kind of how my life runs, you know, between work, um, school, church, fundraising, going out with foundations like Shine a Light, like I said earlier, and I do other things, you know, as well. Like last weekend, I got the opportunity to do haircuts for the homeless at Switchpoint. And so Very my life cool. is full of amazing opportunities like that. Um, you know, you also recently did, didn't you also recently do like um, Christmas gifts for uh, Switchpoint? I think it was. Who did we do it for? It this just year? seems like every Not time I see your post, you're doing some kind of like, <laughs> like good, good people stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. Thank you. Can you even remember that. what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do remember. Yes. <laughs> like it, it all gets every, lost. Every year for Christmas since I've lived here, because um, when I first moved here, I had nothing. I moved to St. George with a suitcase, two kids, left one kid behind in Delaware um, with her dad because she was still in school and I had nothing and I was starting scratch like I should have had my kids taken from me I didn't it was a miracle and a grace the grace of God that I didn't and I had to start over and I had nothing and I always vowed that like because the fellowship just surrounded me and helped me with so much and I always vowed that like I would give back like everything in me like I would give everything back that I could and so the very first Christmas that we were here in St. George I had like two secret Santas organized for my family and we had nothing like we had just moved into our apartment December 1st and had like two forks. We were eating on the, on the top of a um, tub, like a tub, like a tote. And we flipped it and we would sit like around that. Like a laundry that. tote. Not even. Like oh, a, wow. like a, the things you put your Christmas ornaments and stuff in. Like oh, we flipped okay. it over and we were sitting around that eating every night. And so we didn't have anything. And, um, and I remember like thinking there's no way we're going to be able to give our kids a Christmas this year, which it's not all about the gifts, but when you haven't been an active parent for a while, like you want to give them something. And so we had, um, we had gotten a, a few little things. Um, and then we had the knocks on the door, you know, and it was a secret Santa. And then like a couple days so later cool. we had another secret Santa come and our, like our, our tree was full of gifts and it was the most amazing Christmas. And I, and I told my husband that year, I said, I'm doing a secret Santa next year and I've done it consistently every year. And, um, and just, for no apparent reason other than that I, this speaks to my heart is I have always chosen a single parent um, to do this for. And so the first two years I did guys, single dads, and, nice. um, and then. Which, because we don't know how to pick out gifts anyways, <laughs> yeah, we're being really totally is. honest. So yeah. that was probably I always had a stress a, reliever in and of itself. I always had such like a big heart for single dads. I don't know why, you know what I mean? Because single moms get so much credit, but like single dads deserve credit too. And so I wanted to do something for, for some single dads. And then the last two years we did it for, for single moms. Um, last year, not this past year, but the year before it was a girl from Unity House. And this past year was a, another single mom in the recovery community. So that was really fun. Yeah, and I just amazing. love doing stuff like that. And so I just try and stay busy with house, school, church, service. Um, you know, I'm a sponsor and that really fills my soul, you know, being able to give back in that way because I don't know how many years I've just taken from my sponsor, you know, just <laughs> right. take, take, take. I call her and I'm just like, she's like, hi, how are you? And I just spill everything. And then by the end of the conversation, I'm like, how are you? <laughs> I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but, uh, so it's good to be able to give back now, um, to I, other girls in recovery. I totally can relate to that. You know, as, as I look at steps six and seven, a big one for me that I have to continue to circle back and work on is that self-centeredness yeah. and, and uh, self-seekingness. So I totally can relate, right? Like oftentimes the only time I call people is this, I'm, it's fine, it's fine. When I call people, I'll be like, yes, I'm calling again because I need something. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So, so I get it. Like, and then it yeah. clicks, like maybe you ought to talk to this person outside of just when you need something, yeah. right? So I get it. And I feel like service is such a great opportunity to step outside of ourselves because as, as addicts, like we naturally, and I hate to say this, but most of, most of our steps six and sevens, we've probably all put down like that we have some self-centeredness or whatever, like 
as an as an addict we take when we're in our addiction. You know what I mean? So when we get out of addiction, uh, active addiction, and we're in recovery, we need to relearn how to humble ourselves, how to give, how to be kind. And so that is like the beautiful thing about service is it just helps us stay clean. You yeah, know, it absolutely. really, really helps feed our recovery. And for me, I feel like service, and please chime in on this, like what service does for you. For me, I really feel like when I am involved in service. So for the last two years, I've, I've done a fundraiser kind of like Gigi. I'm trying to take a page out of her book. Um, so uh, two years ago, we raised money and gave it to, to steps for their sober living through, I, we did some t-shirt stuff and, and, um, anyways, and last year we did some t-shirt and hat fundraising stuff. And for me to be able to provide, I almost feel like guilty talking about that. Cause it's like, Oh, look at me and look at what I've done. But, but it was important to me because again, relating to unity house, that piece is so important. You know, I didn't have a sober living. I didn't have money for sober living. I had to, at 26 years old, I had to move back into my mom's house and I'm not too embarrassed or ashamed to admit that. But for me, it, it so what do you do if you don't like something? You try to change it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I know how hard it is to be dead broke, to owe child support, to have every creditor calling your phone there is. And you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to come up with money for sober living? There's no way. And so it, service to me helps increase like my Mm self-esteem, you know, like, like Gigi said, I'm getting outside of myself and giving back. I'm reaching back to help that next person out. What do you guys, Jesse or Amy, talk to me about what is, what does service work do for you? What does it mean to you? You first, Amy. (laughs) Um, It's just, it it makes me feel good, you know, just doing for other people. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma and I'm not doing it just for the good karma, but I don't know. It just feels good, you know? Um, and I know people have helped me and been there for me. So it's it's only right. And and when you say people have been there for you, would you agree service work sometimes changes people's lives? Mm, It does. I I know if there wouldn't have been some people to help me out, I would Mm -hmm. be in a completely different place today than I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Jesse, what about you, man? What does service, what does service work do for you? Um, service work, I kind of, just as everybody's been talking, it's a lot of the similar stuff, but really, so, uh, I'm naturally, I feel like I am very self-centered, you know what I mean? And so, uh, I find it really important that I need to get out of myself and do something for somebody else because, um, my head tends to be like that. And the more that I combat that, you know, um, I can get kind of, uh, I can get away from it a little bit more. Um, service work also like if it wasn't for the service others have done for me then i wouldn't be just like what you were saying where i'm at today um people did so much for me uh somebody took me to a meeting every day for 90 days when i first got into recovery you know what i mean where else does that happen Uh, you know what i mean yeah like i couldn't ever get somebody to give me a ride to the gym for 90 days straight (laughs) there's no way and it was like the same person yeah (laughs) Yeah. it was like the same person and he is a saint Um, they have a special place in heaven uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. anybody that could put up with you jesse for 90 days (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding there's this uh there's this, uh, it's like a hammer or something, but it says, uh, because I have been given much, I too must give. Yeah. And I like to, uh, I like to live by that. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I have the opportunity or the means to help out and it seems like it's for a good cause, you know, then, uh, then I should. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to take this rare occasion because we have three people, four people on here, um, that are in long-term recovery, right? Oftentimes we're always like, you know, send a message to the people that are out there struggling. But I also think it's important to motivate people that maybe only have six months, maybe only have a year, maybe only have 18 months. Like what has been the key to you guys? And I'm just going to open it up for discussion. What has been the key for you guys in hitting long-term recovery and getting three years, eight years, seven years? Did I get that right, Gigi? Almost five. Five, right? What has been the key to, to, to achieving those numbers? Um, I want to say for me, it's been staying involved in my fellowship a hundred percent. Um, so get a home group yeah, sponsor, a home group sponsor, be of service, uh, hang out, build new relationships in recovery, um, relationships in general, like even the relationship with my mom and stuff today keeps me in a better spot. Um, you know, absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Thanks Jesse. What would you guys say? I don't know. I just say like, just keep doing the next right thing moving forward. And then before you know it, you're accomplishing all these goals and you just have this life that you 
never could have even dreamed of. And it's just staying positive and moving forward. I love that. I always say the best defense is a good offense. Mm -hmm. For me, if I have goals and things I'm trying to work towards and I'm trying to hit, mm -hmm. going out and picking up is that much further from my mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? It doesn't yeah. mean that I'm cured. Like I still know I have the disease of addiction in my head, right? But in other words, if I can put some positive things in my past and hit some checkpoints and hit some milestones, I'm that much further away from the obsession and, and getting back into it. Yep. Does that make sense to everybody? The best defense yep. is good offense. Absolutely. I know I'm just a, a cheesy jog guy. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. What about for you, Gigi? Uh, I think for me, the main thing is connection, uh, service. Uh, I would say those are the two things that have helped me stay clean. Uh, and by connection, I mean connection to my step work, um, connection to myself. So that therapy, mental health meds, um, taking care of like all of this, not just the external, the internal. Um, that's a connection with a sponsor, connection with a higher power, connection to others within the program that I work, um, connections to my family, like Jesse said, um, you know, working a thorough step nine, rebuilding those relationships, um, righting my wrongs, yeah. you know, um, and being of service, you know, there's nothing that fills my heart more than doing something for someone else. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for, we only got about 20 seconds left here. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And kind of the takeaway I got from all of that is, is get in the middle, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, get in the middle, get involved, make those connections. You know what I mean? Keep doing the next right thing. So fantastic. That's a great message for those people that are, you know, maybe in recovery, but, but trying to find some momentum. Thank you guys so much. This has been episode 68. Join us next week for episode 69. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.